This is the Technology Icing Podcast powered by Karan Bhandari and in this episode I'm going to cover the topic of Kubernetes in AWS. Kubernetes in AWS is generally driven through EKS, Elastic Kubernetes Service. Now, let's try to explain a typical scenario. For example, a retail bank wants to open a set of services available for the customers to consume for the mobile apps for the web app applications you have a simple transfer screen and you'll have a simple payments module so let's assume you're building two microservices and uh, your payments module has something interesting it accepts uh, check scanning and uh, you could deposit to your account also apart from person to person pay so you would typically make it in this fashion you would have a transactions microservice a payments microservice an accounts microservice and an image recognition as well as ocr microservice um so in order to go about to start composing everything you would know have to know about a concept called as kubernetes deployments deployments is something that you mentioned that i want three replicas of account service because accounts would be used not just for the transaction but also in the from and to part of payments you could say that you want one microservice of one replica of microservice of accounts and uh, since you feel that uh, your image recognition solution would take more uh, resources you could also define how many nodes uh, it could occupy tensorflow python has support for coordinator which can allow the tensors uh, to be flowing through multiple nodes and if it's done parallelly and uh, in order to go about uh, to do that you need to define kubernetes yaml file you'd first need to install eks uh, cli which is available for, it's called the eks cutl eks ctl cutl and uh, you need to ensure that uh, Uh, you have installed the latest version of kubectl so kubectl is available by doing a curl command and uh, then you can also install minikube so that you can do some testing in the local and minikube or uh, depends on something like vmware i have not seen much success in using the bare metal os um it's easier to do all this from a linux machine i feel it's better to partition your machine into a linux and a windows one and or maybe just work from a ec2 low powered machine to run your kubelities workloads uh, for only the part where the kubectl is installed not where the actual workload is running and uh, certain instructions you need to keep in mind are kubectl get pods or kubectl get pods kubectl get svc or kubectl get services kubectl get secrets 
so these are some things that you would keep in mind uh, for um, finding out what's running in your kubectl environment because kubectl is the command line interface that talks to your pods your clusters your services your deployments your replicas and uh, if you ever need to debug you need you may need to you know find out um, some more advanced commands like kubectl describe pod or kubectl um, you can also do log so you can even do kubectl log um, and uh, you could mention the pod name like kubectl logs the nginx or whatever the pod name is and uh, for troubleshooting you may also need to uh, know certain things like uh, how to exec into a specific machine like kubectl exec and then um, interactive terminal it and then the pod name and then you mention you want to exec as a bash or a shell script you need to have uh, some degree of uh, comfort with uh, linux command line over here and uh, yeah just be in general aware of how to handle things like for folder permission issue make sure you have the sufficient rights and uh, in general uh, make sure that if you are getting a message specific to amazon like failed scheduling that means you're giving it a very low powered machine like t2 or t3 or t3 micro maybe you need to go to a t2 medium and if it's coming as failed scheduling in or uh, even t2 medium maybe m5 large is something that that you need to go okay what are these these are nothing but um, amazon machines with m is memory series uh, t uh, so so you know the ones that are provided in your account for free or for almost free during the first 11 months are the t2 micro and the t2 nano series um it's better to first start with making a docker compose file so that you can get a hang of how your um, docker containers are working and um, you if you if you are okay with publishing your um, artifacts or your docker images to public then docker registry or docker hub is a good option but i feel ecr is a good option and in ecr i feel uh, you must not uh, load everything that the container wants uh, sometimes what happens is for example python needs a training file like an h5 file or a spark solution needs some hdfs file which are typically numerous gbs i feel you must um, load it um, during runtime as soon as the server starts as soon as flash servers running or as soon as spark starts running you can start fetching the file from an s3 bucket because keeping larger files in ecr is too expensive but if you load it from s3 you can even you know control whether the traffic hits your particular pod or not or your container or not um, the traffic is uh, something that can be controlled by something called as liveliness probe and readiness probe and liveliness probe is when your api is ready and readiness is when you are okay for the kubernetes controller to start sending traffic to you so you can mention 
um, you know, what could be your liveliness or readiness probe, typically you could make an HTTP endpoint or some file system related probe to see if a particular file exists or not. And you can define that in your Kubernetes deployment or the pod definition. And uh, that way you could uh, uh, try with Docker. Uh, so, so, so you could try making and ensuring that your ECR images are slim so that even your building, your deploying time is reduced. But it's just that the, when the traffic starts routing, it takes its own time. Um, your typical... Um, so how is your services structured? You would want to keep um, most of the things uh, as internal as possible unless the application really wants it. Uh, generally, um, it's difficult to, you know, expose every service. So what I would recommend is if suppose you want to expose three services, for example, the account service you want to know you you know you want to give the ability to see the list of accounts and transaction service you want to see the transactions and image recognition you want to expose the point where it detects which paths which objects have been detected then you know you don't go with adding uh, exposing all your services you keep all your services within the same cluster and then you maintain a new service called as Ocelot, O-C-E-L-O-T, which is like an API gateway. So in API gateway, um, you could define like a .NET service and you could mention an Ocelot file, O-C-E-L-O-T. And um, with that Ocelot definition, you can tell, okay, when I get my API gateway slash accounts, I need to go to account service. Internally, Ocelot will start wiring itself. And we'll talk to the account service and we'll, you know, do like a three or two redirect to it. But the client won't see it within the API gateway does a redirect gets the data. So now the best part about it is you just need to expose your API gateway and all others are cluster IP. So your API gateway is something that uh, has authentication. You could use um, Cognito or you can use Azure Identity or you could use auth.o and on just your API gateway. And uh, then the other others are ex are not exposed at all. They're just running in your cluster IP. So even while during development, you don't have to worry about authentication because all your third party traffic is going to be exposed over this API gateway. And API gateway is available as a deployment and uh, you could write a service of type load balancer. And if you deploy it in, uh, AWS uh, and ELB elastic load balancers already is by default provision to it um, and um, there is a, there is an area which I think uh, Amazon provides its own annotations for um, you, you know specifying like what type of certificate would you like to use uh, so every resource in Amazon is controlled by um, something called as IAM and uh, this IAM can protect your Amazon resources from being utilized. So what you can, could do is you can give that particular pod running an IAM resource to pull the certificate or during the build time, Amazon provides some annotations for the load balance. <laughs> for example, you have um, an annotation which is known as 
or service.beta.kubernetes.io slash AWS load balance SSL cert. Uh, you can provide that as an annotation and then you can provide them the ARN resource of the certificate you have loaded in AWS ACN, Amazon Certificate Manager. And uh, you could mention, uh, you know, the certificate. So your, your external load balancer, which is of Kubernetes type load balancer, everything else is a cluster IP. Now that load balancer is the one that is exposed over HTTPS. That could be a very simple solution. Of course, if you have, uh, you know, a lot of URL rules, um, you could write an ing ingress controller, but I recommend that yeah, you stick to Ocalot doing most of your URL work. Um, and uh, you could introduce other kinds of, um, uh, the, the other services that I have discussed as Kubernetes deployment and um, images could be pulled from ECR and what they could be built is uh, so you can have AWS code build to build to build you know your source code and convert it and you know like uh, do a docker build and uh, through the docker compose and then push it to the East Amazon ECR registry using code build and then uh, using code pipeline and code deployment, you can deploy the solution using code deploy and code deploy. You just have a series of shell scripts after install, before install and your code build could be written as a YAML file. Even the code deploy can be written as a YAML file um, and the code deploy and the code build. So the code build will build it and code deploy is the one that runs all the EKS commands. Uh, and uh, EKS is very EKS CTL is a good tool for creating your clusters. For example, any three machines of T2 medium, you can use the EKS CTL for it. And for the for everything else, you would use 